0: 20 starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site, overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Pete Najarian, Tim Seymour, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami, tonight on Fast. Apple and Starbucks reporting earnings moments ago. Apple crushing earnings. The stock surging to record highs. Meantime, Starbucks is getting crushed. And those conference calls kicking off right now. We've got full team coverage. Josh Lifton's outside of Apple headquarters and fast money friend Gene Munster is here on set listening to the call as well. Kate Rogers back at headquarters listening into Starbucks. We'll check in with them a little bit later on. In just a few moments, Senator Chuck Schumer will be here in a first on CNBC interview. For his reaction to the GOP tax bill and the Fed chair nomination, you won't want to miss that. And that is where we start with what we are calling the two tickets to stock paradise. Tax cuts and Trump making it official with its nomination of Jerome Powell. Two big moments for Wall Street as the first real details of the tax bill see the light of day and a continuation of the easy money policies from the Fed in the form of a new Fed chair sending the Dow to a new record close. So is this the perfect recipe to keep stocks surging and do you just keep buying? Guy. It
1: has been and it's odd that Eddie Money sang saying that's there you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Come on. See, I beat you to the punch there. Uh, maybe but, it was
0: and, by design.
1: You th- crack we, we chose that Money. for all Look, of the simple in speak <laughs> to this. VIX below 10. I mean, the market continues to grind higher today. It have an opportunity to, to sell off on the back of maybe Facebook's earnings or maybe Facebook's, not earnings, but commentary in the post market. But again, here we are, grinds higher, closes at the high of the day. What does it mean? means the DAX held exactly where it needed to held. That's been making all-time highs. means despite the strength in the bond market, the, cur- the yield curve, which continues to flatten, nobody seems to care about. So as far as I can tell, until some event that I can't foresee happening, some exogenous event comes down the pike, you stay with the course. You absolutely stay the course.
2: Pete? Well, I'd, I'd agree with you. I mean, what were we waiting for? We were waiting for earnings, right? And we've gotten these earnings. So now we've gotten through a big chunk of these earnings, and now we're here t- talking about the easy money trade. And it seems to be playing into exactly like you're putting out there, defining out there. Look at volatility. There is not an over amount of concern out there. But at the same time, I think what we're seeing is a market that's traded, for the most part, in very tight ranges and some moves up to the upside. So it makes sense that the volatility index would be where it is. It makes sense that you'd want to buy protection. Did you see the financials today, the way they've been moving? I think this earnings season, if your industrials are a little bit stretched, which I think some of them are, but you look at the financials, I don't feel they're stretched. So if there's an area right now where I'd be adding, I did add today in Bank of America on the calls, I think the financials still have plenty of upside from here. I think some of these other names are getting a little lofty for me. And finally, I'm saying, you know what, this rotation's been great, but I think there are other places in the market I'd rather be.
3: So
0: the framework for this rally continues, it would seem. Well, yeah, and, and
2: again,
3: Mel, I know you're a big Eddie Money fan, and you know that the words <laughs> to the song are, waited so long, waited so long waited so long, I've got two tickets to paradise. So we waited for a long time to get through at least today's tax announcement, and this Fed was hanging over the market, and these are reliefs. No, seriously, I mean, more information. I'm sorry I had to go there, but I did, and here we are. Um, Look, I, I think we're getting to a place, however, Um, where we're getting near the end of earnings season, which has largely been extraordinary. Um, If you really want to look at it, there's Mm. been nice dispersion. There's been people that are disappointed. But Pete points out the places where I think you have upside. I I think you definitely need to be picking stocks here because I I think the market is going to be in search of new catalysts. And everything I heard about today's tax draft bill um, tells me that some of the most powerful uh, lobby groups let alone I think some powerful states don't like anything about this tax announcement and I, I have trouble but believing this this bill goes through. Isn't that
4: the most important thing if you think about the low levels of volatility the general um, you know people feel pretty good about owning risk assets right here there's no fear in the market and at the end of the day I mean we're gonna get to a point where this is gonna go right up to the end of the year as far as this tax bill and so then it comes back to how much of this positive sentiment at this point uh, holding the S&P up 15 percent the Nasdaq up 25 percent of the year is really um, dependent on this bill going through through and having some sort of retroactive nature to these cuts for 2017. I just don't think you're going to get a big reform. You know, we've talked about this again and again. I think it's going to be pushed into 2018. So to me, does the market hang in there for the balance of the year? Yeah, probably. But Q1 2018, I think as much as we kind of gain from here on out or are able to hold on to, we may see that as a give back in Q1 2018. Again, remembering that S&P and p volatility is implying like half a percent moves, um, you know, each day, and it does less than that. So to me, I think that, you know, we're just at a place that is You know what makes sense to me, foreign. too? In, in terms foreign.
2: of catalysts out there, we're through a big chunk of earnings season, right? <clears throat> uh, Mike Wilson was just on not that long ago sitting right here, and he was talking about it from Morgan Stanley, the biggest bull on the, on, that there is. But he also mentioned very recently, just yesterday, he was talking about, you know what? This is probably time for a pause and a refresh, which makes total sense to me, because if the catalysts aren't there, what's the next thing that's going to push some of these stocks a little bit higher? We've already had great runs out of the majority of them. Those that have missed have been absolutely punished. Yep. We saw that even tonight. We've seen that uh, earlier today. But those that are getting it, they're not getting as much of a bang to the upside and it's because of the fact that they've been pushing so fast to the upside that I think it's more pause time for for a little bit more of a consolidation period in the market doesn't mean we have to pull back and I think that's what Mike was talking about but he does talk about the refresh process
0: I think that's a good point I mean it doesn't it's not let's go higher from here or let's go lower from here but even if we are able to hold on to these levels for the time being that ain't bad. That ain't bad. At but, record you know, highs. The,
1: the cat, you could argue that the, the catalyst has been the last couple of years towards the end of the year, the year-end chase for performance right. for people that have underperformed this market. And maybe it's not as bad as this year that it's been in the last couple of years, but, you know, we're in November already, so you could absolutely see the last couple of months people chasing this market for the upside to get to their numbers where they need to be.
0: Chasing. What then? Well, you know, market? what they, listen, be what, what, of? I, I,
4: I think that I, you got to go back to July and think about what did Fang do after they reported? They sold off at seven, eight percent, you know, they, they, were, they really were sideways, sideways basically they were really from sideways. June, July into right And then you saw a rotation into some industrials, into financials, into some of this stuff. And to me, that was very much thinking about an improving economy, some uh, legislative stuff, and that sort of thing. So to me, if we don't have this tax thing, it doesn't look like it's going to materialize in 2018, I think you could have people setting up for the beginning of next year for saying, you know what, we really do need to take some chips off the table.
0: All right, so from that vantage point, I mean, we, ha- we are waiting for those things to materialize, and we do have a lot of those items materialize in the form of improving earnings and improving economy right now. I mean, we're looking at 2.9 percent, maybe GDP in yep. the fourth quarter, maybe 3 maybe percent. I mean, that could be it, too. And then if we, are, if we are able to hold on to some sort of semblance of the possibility of tax reform into the first quarter, that could be enough for a well, handoff to, to say, you know what, we keep going here. Look,
3: why wouldn't we? Uh, OK, yeah. because, again, if, if you started to believe the sprinkling of headlines from from August that we've had from this administration, you know, look, today is a day where you actually see something concrete. You actually see people that are that are working earnestly uh, at going after the most important part of, of the uh, any legislative well, hold on. process. We have we people on had.
4: one side. See, 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 to me, I think the most bullish thing would be is a bipartisan approach to tax reform, but, but there, which hasn't been done in 30 years. And let me tell you, the one thing you that you got to no get a plan on the table, Dan, you, and
3: then talk remember about it, how so. this week started. I mean, this, this remember how this
4: week started? Monday. We actually did. <laughs> it did start with Monday, yes. but it started Frank's with a couple really very nice. close associates of the president's being indicted. OK, and, and so to me, I think that's the thing that people are not factoring in into 2018. If we do not have tax this year and then we have a full-blown political scandal that you, in Washington, then nothing's getting done as we head into the midterms. You forget
3: the tax, tax reform, at least tax cuts of some kind, are bipartisan, uh, largely. I, I would not say reform. The, well, I, I would say that there are certainly people on both sides of the aisle. By getting a plan out there that people can start to begin to negotiate, and I don't think this one that was talked about that came out today is one that's going to pass, um, I think you have enough to get people— Uh, at least optimistic, into next year with an economy that's growing, with a labor force that's with record low unemployment. We have wage gains for the first time. Mm -hmm. You're seeing a shortage in labor, and and really the housing market outside of the pop it took today in terms of the home builders has really been the best friend for the wealth effect for Americans.
0: We saw a number of uh, impacts when it comes to the proposed tax plan uh, on certain sectors homeowners oh, yeah. you mentioned really
2: you had private equity earlier today as
3: well private
0: equity as some well of the tax right that exactly might there. i mean if you can't deduct some of the interest right. because of debt i mean these are companies that make their but how about a lot of the stocks that
2: actually did start moving to the debt. upside that actually pushed this market to close at the record levels again once again you look at technology who who has all the money overseas I mean, you look at the exactly. tech space, you look at, ph- right. matter of fact, pharmaceuticals pretty big in that area as well. I mean, and, and the Amgens and the cell genes of the world, Gilead's. There is so much money overseas that that, I think, is another area where people are looking at it saying, you know what, that could not only bring that money back, but how about an acceleration back to M&A? We've been waiting for it. We really haven't seen the M&A possibilities. Where are they going to put the money? Is it going back into the stock? Is it going right. to go back into the company? Or is there MA going on as well? What did you do today? Well, I tell you, today is not a day where
3: I felt the need that the market environment does anything. I, I do think that financials will continue to be very interesting. I think there is bottom fishing to be done in the retail sector. Emerging markets, by the way, have also settled into a place where they continue now to outperform every time we get a settling in on rates in the dollar. If you believe we're not getting this fiscal policy, the dollar can't get a lot better, nor rates can move a lot higher.
4: What did you do today? Um, I added to a spy short, I think I told viewers, I started about a month ago, but let me tell you what I also did. I took a little profits in the Bitcoin, which Mm. is actually more than, uh, you know, kind of lapped up by losses in the SPY. And I also added to an SMH that is a semiconductor ETF short. I started shorting that the other day. And I think that when NVIDIA finally turns, I think that thing is going to take a breather there. That's the SMH.
1: A couple things to take a cue from Russell, IWM. if 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 they don't like, if Russell doesn't like the tax reform in the form of small caps, You'll see it in the IWM. Number one, you didn't see it today. Number two, we talked about for a while now the, the chance for Tesla to trade down to 280. I Think it put at 292 today. I still think it has a little more room to the downside. I'll mention that just to mention. You mentioned the home builders, but what I will say is, I think the in, I think they threw Home Depot into that mix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe Amazon. because of yeah. the ETF. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, but I think it was Home Depot was over. No, there was some research that.
4: out about those guys in particular that maybe Amazon was gaining some ground in their space. Oh. So Lowe's and uh, Home Depot were down. I think it was Cleveland Research. Remember those guys okay. from Cleveland? Yep. Love Cleveland. Oh. Coming maybe.
0: up, two huge after-hours moves. Apple surging to a new high. The stock crossing $900 billion in market cap. As CEO Tim Cook says iPhone 10 orders are coming in hot. Meantime, Starbucks scolding investors. The uh, stock is down 7% after hours. We'll bring you the latest from both those conference calls. Plus, Senator Chuck Schumer will be here in a first on CNBC interview for his reaction to the GOP tax bill and the Fed chair nomination. You won't want to miss that. And later, shares of Tesla having its worst day since July. And there was a big trade today that raised a lot of eyebrows. We'll tell you what that was all about. Much more Fast Money still ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money, a mega merger in jeopardy. Checkout shares of Time Warner and AT&T both getting hit today after the Department of Justice considers filing a lawsuit that could put the $85 billion mega merger into serious jeopardy. The deal is supposed to close by the end of this year, but now as everything hangs in the balance, is it time to worry about this? Dan, what do you think?
4: Uh, it sounds like this was a bit of posturing possibly, but at the end of the day, you know, we know this is a vertically integrated deal here and it makes some sense. Um, you know, to me, uh, what I think that Time Warner would be a buy if this deal was to call-off. So let's just say if it continued to go down because of rumors, I think you'd want to buy it. It's a $73 billion market cap. We know the deal was announced at $85 billion. We also know that Apple had thought about buying these guys. So for some reason, if the government doesn't like AT&T buying them, I suspect that you would have a company like Apple, especially if they're going to be bringing back $260
0: billion. Why does Apple want Time Warner?
4: They want content, Mel. That's what they want.
3: Mm. Why doesn't this deal, or lack thereof, put some of the smaller guys in play that might not stoke the antitrust kind of dynamics. Why okay. isn't Viacom rallying today? Yeah. Why aren't guys to me that hot content that are just not going to, to hit that? And that was the surprising thing. I agree with you, Dan. I also think that AT&T was punished on the announcement of this deal as well. I'm surprised the stock didn't rally because, again, their balance sheet was going to have to lever up to do this deal. Stock's trading back to basically a five-year level on it. So you've taken out uh, all of the fluff from this deal in terms of their multiple. That's the stock that probably should
2: have rallied today. I'll tell you the one that surprised me most is Disney. And and I bring that up because I think there should be M and A. There should be somebody. Here's a guy that we all loved. I've loved him forever
0: and, and probably too long. Disney is the A in the M and Well, I, I who's think. The guy, I, who's
2: the guy we love? Well, Bob Iger. Oh, he, he bought. You know, he did Pixar. He did Marvel. He did a lot of well, things. Lucasfilms. I mean, Lucas. he's done a lot of right <laughs> things, right? He has been very slow to the streaming world. He was looking at Twitter. Went to BAM Tech. Why not Twitter now? It gives him one more... They've looked at it before, Mel, and Salesforce looked at him as well. There's multiple reasons why Twitter could be interesting to somebody else. Twitter just can't monetize themselves, but I think smarter folks could monetize a lot more expensive than
0: the last time that they looked at Twitter. Yeah,
2: although Salesforce was looking at Twitter when it was trading around 24 back in October of 2016, and that's when Benioff backed off, but he still looked at it. He said he looks at everything and does very little. But I still think that that's something that would be in the crosshair. I say that as a guy who doesn't own Twitter right now, right. and I don't understand. But a, b- when a guy who ever... loves Bob Iger. Well, I, lo- I love Bob Iger, and I think that would be a good move to them because they could actually monetize it.
1: Yeah. AT&T. And we had Craig Moffitt here a couple weeks ago. We mm. had a, a great conversation. Oh, a days, a couple weeks. You know, two weeks lies. ago. It here. Get anyway. Times oh, that all week. sort of stand still. What two I weeks. will say is, and we made this point then, they have no EPS growth. They definitely have some debt issues. And I will tell you that what's the right multiple for a company that's not growing in the, in the state that they find themselves in with the rest of the sector? I would submit, and we did this a couple weeks ago, 10 and a half, 11, they're going to earn basically $2.95 a share. You do the math. You got a $32 stock. Now, it traded below 33 today, but my point is I still think there's about 5% downside.
0: All right. Coming up, shares of Apple. Check them out. Surging to all-time highs as it crushes earnings. Now a $900 billion company after you hear what Gene Munster has to say. You might, you might be tempted to buy the stock right now. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast.
5: Tesla shares are tumbling. And something happened in the options market that suggests more pain to come. We'll explain. Plus, what does the nomination of Jerome Powell to the Fed really mean for your money? Well, here's a clue. It's easy money. It sure is. And we'll tell you the stocks you'll want to own when Fast Money returns.
0: Welcome back to Fast Money. Apple surging to an all-time high in the after hour session, the stock topping $900 billion in market cap. The conference call is underway. For more on Apple, let's bring in Fast Money friend, Loop Ventures founder Gene Munster, who's dialed into the call right now. Gene, it seems like uh, on, on most important metrics, Apple exceeded estimates.
6: Yeah, they've crushed it. And to put it in perspective, Melissa, this is probably the strongest quarter they've had since the first quarter of the iPhone 6 three years ago, they had growth in every product and every geography. And so uh, Tim Cook on this call is giddy, and he has the power of this is uh, most surprising, given this came uh, in the positive guidance without the help of the iPhone 10, And so he's just given investors a little teaser. All he said is that growth is very strong, but they're still in the prepared remarks. And I expect analysts to dig into that critical point about how strong is very strong related to the iPhone 10 pre-orders.
0: When it comes to um, the guide for next year, uh, for the first quarter revenue coming in, the guidance coming in at the midpoint uh, of the range, so are, are we, what are we gleaning from that? Is that just conservative?
6: Well, they're typically a little bit conservative, but I think what we can glean is that given the production issues of the iPhone X, that most of that guide, that strength in that guide was probably from the iPhone 8 and the other iPhones. And so I think that that is just a testimony about the family of iPhones another piece to look at is the gross margin guidance and that was up sequentially very rare in a transition quarter where they're guiding for up sequential gross margins typically you'll see those dip I wouldn't be surprised if the gross margins end up dipping in the March quarter as they start to ramp production of that little bit more costly iPhone 10 initially more costly
0: All right, Gene we'll check in with you a little bit later on Gene Munster you're on set with us, Dan. Then do you, make then you the guys case?
4: should have seen Gene in the green room before the uh, when the numbers were coming out because he's a bit giddy. Okay, he saw the services number up 34 percent year mm-hmm. over year, and I think it's important to remember. And we're going to get Gene back. We'll talk about it a little later. But you know, at the end of the day, it still is about 15, 16 percent of the total of their revenues. So um, you know, I think what Gene said about geography's growing, and all the products. That's really important, obviously. But China growing double digits again, I think, is a good thing. That's the second quarter in a row. Pete,
2: he- the China growth, I thought, was outstanding. Yes. Uh,
4: So he talked about all
2: the different geographies and all the different segments, right? Growth, 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 record, (laughs) record, record. record. Unbelievable, quite frankly. The services, there might be a padded one-time cost in there that actually, I think it was $600 that adds on to it, pads it up a little bit. Still a phenomenal number. That is the area where you're looking for. You want that area to continue to show growth. As long as the services continue to do that with the billion-plus users and growing, that's going to be great. It's all about retention as well. And what they showed us again is, even with, without the X, look at the phones and how they sold once again. That, I thought, was a huge number.
3: Yeah, you know, so you talk about China. India doubled. OK, yes. and this is a place Indeed. where there's a lot more room for penetration. So international sales are now 63 percent in that quarter. Um, you talked about where uh, I think the margin is basically coming from sales, but it gets down to always what, what multiple you put on the stock. It's traded between 10 and 16 over the last 10 years. Uh, you, essentially, the mean of the last you know, three years is about 13 times. It's traded about 14 times. But if you think you see this growth, Dan, I mean, this is exactly you know, where you could put a bigger multiple on the stock and you could run it up higher.
1: Services seems to be grow by a percent in terms of overall revenues each quarter. I mean, we were talking when, when you first started talking about services, probably 10.5%, 11%. I think it's up to 15% Then We'll probably correct 16, me a bit. Yep. It's higher. Close to 16% now. So if this gets to low 20%, then the multiple that you're talking about is probably closer to the high teens as they get yeah, it. And this is something that Pete said for a while, Karen everybody says it. you get away from hardware
4: get into services. So that's runway
0: to a much higher stock price. Well,
4: listen, and I think it's important. We were just talking about Time Warner, and you said, why would Apple want to buy them?" You know, they're dismal in music. They're dismal in streaming. They, They don't have offerings. So that's why they want to do it. You want this to be a huge business at a time where, you know, margins for the hardware are going to start to kind of, they have actually, you know, plateaued. Are you a happy the-
0: Apple shareholder, though, uh, given this report, given the strength that we're seeing in the growth Absolutely. of the phone and services? Without even... Are, are, no, way! you don't even know what the question I, I know, is. I know, I know. I just Would I you know. be I a happy shareholder <laughs> if Apple came out and said, we're buying Time Warner? Oh. I would not.
2: I, I understand everybody with th- talks about content and what they need to do. I don't like that direction. And I, that's a, that is such a different out of, the, out of the world of what Apple would do. Their biggest acquisition, isn't it still Beats? I think Beats is still mm-hmm. their largest acquisition, which was, what, $3 billion? That would be a huge number, and I don't see Apple doing
0: it. All right, we've got more on Apple straight ahead. Meantime, we've got a news alert on the GOP tax plan. Let's get to Elon Moy in D.C. with more. Elon. Melissa, we now have a price tag for that tax plan. The Joint Committee on Taxation saying the tax bill will cost $1.487 trillion over the next decade. Now, that means that this bill does comply with the special reconciliation rules that Republicans want to use to fast-track this bill and not require any support from Democrats. We're told uh, that the business side of the tax bill will be a tax cut of $846.5 billion on the individual side. That number is a $929 billion tax cut. Over $200 billion is being raised through the Immediate and mandatory repatriation of foreign earnings. But again, $1.487 trillion is the cost of the GOP tax plan, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation. Back over to you. Elon, thank you. Elon Moy in D.C. For more on taxes and today's big Fed nomination, let's head down to Capitol Hill. John Harwood is in D.C. sitting down with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. First on CNBC interview. John, take it away.
7: Melissa, well, we'll get right into it. Uh, Senator Schumer, first of all, you know that they can pass this without any of your votes.
5: That's what they're trying to
7: do. Can you stop them? And are there any Democrats, especially some of those red state Democrats who are up next year, who you think may vote for this bill?
5: Well, each of the red state Democrats will make up his or her mind. They're independent. Uh, but we had a letter that 45 Democrats signed and said we had three principles. No tax breaks for the top 1%. Keep the de- uh, don't increase the deficit and do it with Democrats, not through reconciliation. The three who didn't sign believe in those principles. You can hear their statements. They just didn't happen to sign the letter. So I think if they don't change the plan, uh, they're going to have a rough time getting Democrats because the bill is so skewed to the wealthiest and so many middle-class people get tax increases. And most of all, for many of our red state Democrats, the deficit, the, the hole in the deficit, which seems to be abandoned by the hard right, deficit reduction, matters to them still. There's Let me ask interests. you
7: about the core theory behind the bill, because you talk about uh, cuts for the wealthy, but the core of the bill is cuts for business. And the right. argument is that this is going to stimulate additional investment, it's going to create jobs, and ultimately result in higher wages. Do you see any merit to that argument? Very Do you little.
5: reject it altogether? History disproves it. Um, George Bush, in terms of the deficit, did two big tax cuts, and they said it would, jobs would boom. They didn't. It said deficits would shrink. CBO said the deficit went up $1.6 trillion 10 years after. And every time there has been a tax cut, whether it's in the Reagan years or in the Bush years or right recently in Kansas, where the Koch brothers Mm -hmm. predominate and they had their great experiment, if Kansas cuts taxes, business will boom, jobs will be created, and the deficit will go down. Deficit went up 700 million. They hardly had enough money to school. Some schools were going to go four days a week. And growth in Kansas last year, 0.2 percent. U.S. growth 1.6. It's I just it's self-serving by some very very wealthy corporate leaders, not big business usually, sort of hard right people like the Kochs. and. Um, uh, individuals well, well, and do you, do it doesn't you,
7: work. Do you believe, as Larry Summers and some Democratic economists uh, have asserted lately, that actually taxes need to go up, not
5: down, because of our deficits, because of the retirements of baby boomers and Medicare Social Security? I would rather see deficit neutrality. I'm not against reducing the corporate rate. Right now the thousand top corporations pay a rate, an actual rate, of 16 percent. So to close loopholes and reduce the rates to make us more competitive, fine. I'm not against bringing dollars overseas, dollars overseas that are sitting overseas at a reduced rate. If they'll put the money into real jobs, infrastructure, last time we did it, there were no constraints. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of the dollars went to buybacks and things like that. We need jobs in America. This tax bill doesn't do it.
7: The president today nominated Jerome Powell to be the new chair mm-hmm. of the Federal Reserve. Uh, He's described as, if not Janet Yellen, the closest of yeah. the alternatives to Yellen. Do you see uh, substantial Democratic opposition to him? Do you think that nomination will go through without
5: too much trouble? I think there's disappointment that Yellen wasn't renominated. After all, I think it's the last three federal nominees have been renominated, even some that are appointed by a Democrat, by a re- renominated by a Republican. So I urge the President and I talk to him about this to reappoint Yellen. I think she's done a good job. It if not Yellen, be. of the other four, of the other yeah. three who were named, he's the best one because. I believe our greater problem is not inflation, but job growth. He'll be approved. Uh, we'll have to wait till his hearings, but I don't see the kind of livid opposition to him that I've seen from. Can you other... vote support him? <coughs> I have an open mind. I want to talk to him. Mm-hmm.
7: Uh, what was your reaction yesterday when the president, after that terror attack? Uh, sent out a tweet that's linked you to policies that uh, were connected to that attack. And how does it affect your relationship with the president going
5: forward? Okay. On my relationship to the president, he's praised me in tweets. He's called me names in tweets. It doesn't affect me. I stick to my values and my desire to get something done without sacrificing those core values. Um, As for the reaction, well, you saw it today. All three of the big newspapers, a conservative one, a journal, A more moderate one, Post, more liberal one, Times, all condemned him and thought my response was appropriate.
7: Uh, And finally, before I let you go, uh, there are a couple of bipartisan things hanging out there that (laughs) you've been talked about doing business with the president on. One is a deal on DACA. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other is a fix to the Obamacare marketplaces. Are there still realistic chances of making a deal with the president anytime soon on those, or have those been taken off the table?
5: On the second one, I think there's a strong desire in the Senate to do it. Twelve Republicans, twelve Democrats support it, one independent, they're 25, a quarter of the body. A Republican not on that list came to me today and said, can't we get this done? I think we can get that done as long as the president stays out of the way, and I bet that would be what in most of my Republican colleagues feel in their hearts. As for DACA, again, there's very strong support in the Senate for DACA on the Republican side. And again, if the president doesn't, you know, on that one, he's for it one day, against it the next day, depending on who's pushing him around. I mean, there's a lack of leadership in the White House that is just appalling. Is it going to happen? Uh, but I think it could happen as long as he stays out of the way. And even if he does, it might happen. Even but if he gets in the way, it might very
7: happen. Very last question before I let you go. The president said today he wants this tax bill
5: signed into law by Christmas. Is that possible? Well, it'll, taxes are so complex. And the Republicans are rushing it through because they're ashamed of it. They know if the American people know what's in this bill. Huge deficits, huge tax breaks for the top corporations uh... and the wealthiest people and many middle-class people paying an increase in taxes they'll reject it like when they learned about the health but you're
7: care not though. ruling out the idea that they could get it done by christmas
5: it's i think it's going to be very hard for them and there's one other interesting dynamic to win over uh... house members republican house members they have to um, keep the deductions like state and local mm-hmm. you know like state right. and local like which mortgage, makes it more expensive which makes it more expensive and in the senate they have to reduce the deficit so they're in a difficult position, and when you rush through a complicated bill like this, there are usually unforeseen difficulties. Today, one of the leading conservative groups, NFIB, National Federation of yeah, They independent, came out against it. Yeah, surprise to everybody, I think to our Republican friends, too. Senate Democratic
7: Leader Chuck Schumer, thanks so much for Good being with us. to talk to you. Melissa, back to you.
0: All right, thank you, John. John Harwood, and our thanks, of course, to the senator as well. Um, so let's break this down. You guys think this is going to pass. Show of hands. I
1: think they ram it through, yes. They ram it through.
0: Oh, you guys don't think so. Okay, so here's the next question, (laughs) which will be even more interesting for you fellows who don't think it's going to pass. We saw some outsized market reaction in terms of the uh, Home Depots of the world. We mentioned the home builders. Do you buy them because you don't think it's going to pass?
3: Well, i tell you what, I, I think the mortgage deduction is a, is a sacred and, and I think an important part. And again, I think we don't know a lot about Trump's taxes, but we know that he's not following them in New York. Because, I mean, again, the high tax states where you're slapping this cap on them even more is going to kill these places. So uh, I don't think that these are powerful states. I think that it's going to be difficult to get a lot of this stuff through. I think the special interest groups like the energy and the drug companies are actually being targeted. I don't think that's a bad thing. I actually would like to see that, but
2: I don't think that they're going to let it go through. It's the starting point to me, but it's certainly... I don't think they can get it, get it through at all. I mean, they can pound and work at all, but this is going to take time, to Dan's point, 2018 type of a story, it feels like, because... There's just too much going on and there's no nothing in the middle right now.
4: They're either here or there. Yeah, but it's not we even, just heard from. It, but it's not even the Democrats. I mean, no, is, I understand. This, so that's this, the other part, this is the part point. of the problem. It's yeah. going to go the same way as the health care thing. It was Republicans yeah. that sank the Republicans Correct. bill. So Correct. that's what's going to happen here with tax. And the funny thing is, is like they have this massive opportunity. <laughs> They're doing it ass backwards. They could have started out this year and done a repatriation, it done started. a moderate corporate tax, you know, cut that sort of thing and then worked towards some of these issues like the SALT thing and the, you know, healthcare. some of these other. Deductions and everything like that. So to me, I mean, they, the Republicans have made a mess of this, not
0: the Democrats. I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with some of that in terms of the timing and what they maybe should have no. done at the start of the year instead of starting with health care. But all that's in the rearview I mirror mean, at this point. Not passing in 2017. Right. So what do you do now? If you don't think it's going to pass, then you should should you fade the moves that we saw in today's market? Well, no, so now listen. You I, see homebuilders sell no, off. But you but see the, toll down five percent.
3: But it does keep a bit of a, a bit of uncertainty and a bit of a cloud over okay. them. So I mean, there's no reason mm-hmm. to rush in and buy them. First of all pullbacks on stocks that are trading at multiples, let's face it, I think they probably deserve them, but these are multiples these stocks have never seen before. Um, I don't think you have to rush in and buy a pullback today on a situation that's not going to be cleared up.
2: And was Home Depot unjustly sold off? I know Dan's talking about the fact that maybe the, they and Lowe's are both yeah. the, the Amazon effect. Well, all we know is that the last quarter, and what did we hear this most recent quarter from Home Depot? Growth. Online mm-hmm. growth, 23%. So I'm not so sure that they're losing in the don't Amazon world. Don't suit the messenger, dude. Just telling you. I mean, I know you like that bear suit that you wear. Got you
1: know, the Amazon stuff came out over the summer, if you recall, and yes. about Home Depot. A brief blip to the downside, and then it made all-time highs yeah. within a couple months. So, I mean, we've talked about the Amazon effect. I don't think it—listen, I, I, I'm not certain mm-hmm. that they're going to get into the Home Depot world as simply as a lot of people think they may.
0: Still ahead, check out shares of Starbucks burning investors in the after hours on disappointing earnings. That stock hitting a fresh 52-week low. We will bring you the very latest from the company's conference call. Plus, Tesla tanking today, breaking a key technical level. So are any of our traders buying this dip? We'll find out when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a news alert on the Sprint T-Mobile deal. Let's get to Seema Modi in the newsroom. Seema. Melissa, T-Mobile restarting merger talks with Sprint. That, according to Dow Jones, quoting sources. The report says T-Mobile and Sprint are working to salvage their merger, although they could still fail to agree on terms. But if they can reach consensus, a deal could be reached within weeks. You can see Sprint shares on the move here higher than more than 6.5%. Back to you. All right, Seema, thanks so much. Um, The reaction in the after. I I feel like it's a roller coaster. Well, let's face it. It's on, as, it's as, off, as, it's on, it's off.
3: We talked about this with Craig Moffitt. Sprint basically mm-hmm. has nothing no really to gain at this point in terms of market value, mm-hmm. and T-Mobile possibly has something to lose. Um, they are going to negotiate the best possible deal, and arguably that's already in the price. They have to go to these guys say, we can't possibly pay a market price. And so this is, this is where you're at. And I think T-Mobile, who is running their business very effectively, high margin, high free cash flow, um, 9% or so revenue growth, that's great, but this deal may the, not.
0: the most staggering piece of information to me that Craig Moffett said on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day that was. It that was the that the premium to the merger, if you took the premium out, Sprint should be 2 to $3 a share. 2 to $3, 2, guy. To, $3 Two to $3 a share. Q-tell. What do you I mean looking at me? <laughs> no, I, just, I wasn't here Monday.
4: Just okay, I'm filling you in. in. I'm I'm in. in. So, Isn't this a deal I'm, out of necessity? Both sides need this. If you think about what Sprint and what T-Mobile have been Sprint doing for a year, more than t- I think T-Mobo? they both need it. Okay. You know? I think they've been banging each other. They're, they're, they're punching up against Verizon and, and AT&T for the last couple of years, but what they've really been doing is hurting themselves for all intents and purposes. So we already saw in AT&T's quarter that pricing is, you know, data pricing is going to zero. Just like wireline pricing went to zero, just like Wireless, you know, voice went to zero. So this is, like, I think they all face an existential threat. It's also the same reason why Time Warner is on at and uh, hit list here, because they need to diversify against. It's interesting. And in the derivatives
2: world, sorry, no Guy, but in no. the derivatives world, real quick, the November 8 calls just last week were purchased, 138,000 of them in Sprint. The 8 calls, Oof. that's just out of the money from where we're yeah. talking about right now. So if something were to come together and they're able to get this, I'm what not too so sure. Sorry. It was the 24th. Okay, so but not, again,
3: we got, we got this news that really, I'm, I'm not sure that guy would have made the same purchase once we, on Monday, when we were told that the, the, the early indications were this deal doesn't go through. Yeah. Right.
1: does T-Mobile, I mean, maybe a couple years ago T-Mobile needed something, but AT&T now is so discombobulated. I mean, they're fighting land wars all over the place. You can't, Napoleon <laughs> Bonaparte. I was just going to say. You <laughs> learned all you can't fight a land war in Asia. Yeah. And AT and seems to be doing a lot of good job by Dan. My point is now maybe T-Mobile doesn't need That's maybe they school. can go on it alone. Which would be John bad Ledger, news I know he's sprint. he watches by the way and he he's does. listening.
0: Yeah. Still ahead, Starbucks burning investors. <laughs> It's an inside joke, scolding skull. Okay, stock hitting a fresh 52-week oh, okay. low in the after hours. We will tell you what as investors hitting the sell button. Plus, Apple surging, hitting an all-time high after a big earnings beat. That stock up more than 2% right now. Gene Munster standing by on the red phone. He's all fired up about the quarter. will bring us the very latest from the call. Much more Fast Money still ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money. Starbucks tanking in the after hour session following its earnings after the bell today. Let's get to Kate Rogers back at headquarters with more from the conference call. Kate?
8: Hey there, Melissa. That's right. It was a mixed quarter for Starbucks, missing on revenues but reporting EPS right in line. Comp store sales also missed street expectations, but the company did increase its dividend by 20% to 30 cents a share. On the call, CEO Kevin Johnson said the company was revising its long-term goals for comps and revenue growth. Investors not necessarily pleased with that. They also emphasized recent streamlining of operations, by eliminating e-commerce and their sale today of Tazo Tea to Unilever. Driving U.S. comp sales was also a big theme on the call. Johnson touted the success of its rewards and mobile programs as part of this strategy. He said 36 percent of Starbucks tender is from rewards now, majority made on mobile. He also said mobile order and pay would soon be available to all consumers whether or not they were remor- rewards members. Now in the winter they're also going to be launching their first product with Chase. It's a co-branded Visa credit card so users can get those rewards both in and out of stores, and they're also continuing to invest in roasteries, and will open their first high-end roastery in Shanghai in December to underscore the company's commitment to China. More will open throughout the year in 2018. Melissa, back over to you. All right, Kate, thanks.
0: Kate Rogers back at headquarters. Dan, I go to you because you just put on a trade yeah. on the Options Action Show on the program on, on Fridays
4: at 5:30. You know, I thought there was a chance it was going you know, to fill in that gap from the summer. Um, you know, last quarter when the stock gapped down nine percent, they had uh, same store sales that came in line, and then they guided the current quarter down. So I. I was expecting maybe things were a little better, and maybe it fills in a bit of that gap. What they did was they came in line to that lowered guidance, and then they lowered next quarter's or the current quarter's same store guidance. So this is a company that has a premium valuation for a reason. They used to beat and raise all the time. Now they're meeting and guiding down, so it's a pretty bad situation. And I know these guys will talk technically. It feels if you've been scalded a little bit, or yeah, I don't or like. I don't maybe like you'll getting get you to. I'm in too. For the <laughs> bad okay. I will so tomorrow. asking on the question. The question. Look,
3: <laughs> this company has had an issue on perception for the last two years. I, I think. I mean, the same sales, same store sales trends um, have been challenging, and they have been guided. They need a new algorithm. that doesn't say 15 to 20 percent. They needed to say 12 to 13 percent. Once they do that, and they may still do that today, um, that's actually going to be good for the stock. This is a great company, and I don't feel burned. I've been owning the stock for, for six or seven. No, absolutely Are you scolding not. People this, now? Is a, this is a long-term compounder. It's a company that continues to grow at a slower rate in uh, a broader footprint with more sales channels, um, with excellent management. I have no issue with that.
2: Excellent management, I agree. But the, th- the thing that I think is disappointing is we, we always talk about, or at least I always talk about, the growth in China, right? And the, and the growth they have overseas. That's something we just aren't really seeing the impact yet for the stock in a positive way. And that, that's been the biggest stumbling block Could for be me. An upside. It, it should be. I mean, I, I look at that and I say, with that kind of growth, why isn't this company doing better? Why aren't they showing better numbers coming, especially from China? Because that tea. is the area that they're focused on. They do have they T Vana. Absolutely. But were you bullish on that? Is that what, uh, what I'm hearing? You had a bullish trade in there? Mm-hmm. I did, too. So we both be burned together. That. I apologize.
1: You we're scalded scol- scol- together. He, he should be scolding,
0: scolding it. people yeah. Yeah. who followed the you. Years man. go
1: by very quickly on CNBC's Fast Money. It's really remarkable. But the beginning of this year, and I know we, we sat here and we talked about it, mm. said so there's a very good chance, Melissa, that mm. before Mr. Schultz resigns, the stock <laughs> makes an all-time high. Guess what magically happened by this summer? traded up almost to 65 bucks, which is effectively an all-time high. But then we said, you know what, it's got to hold there and push through because that's the levels we traded in 2013. It failed. Now we're at levels that are getting interesting again. I still think the valuation is too high. It's now close to 23 times or so forward earnings. But $50 was a level back in 2013. My sense it's a level again. This week or next week as we go into trading sessions.
0: Uh, Be sure to check out Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson on Squawk on the Street tomorrow morning, 940 a.m. Eastern Time. Still ahead, Apple shares have gone wild, crushing earnings and hitting all-time highs. And CEO Tim Cook just said something very interesting on the call. We're going to bring you those comments right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Apple surging to an all-time high in the after-hours session. The stock topping $900 billion in market cap. The conference call is underway. Let's get to Josh Lipton for more. Hey, Josh.
3: Melissa, the conference call is underway here. And, of course, the focus on that call is that all-new iPhone 10. Here's what Apple CEO Tim Cook had to say about that device.
7: iPhone 10 enables totally new experiences, like unlocking your iPhone with Face ID, taking photos with studio-quality lighting effects, or playing immersive augmented reality games. We can't wait for people to experience our vision of the future.
3: Melissa, also on the call, their outlook for the holidays. Here's what Tim Cook had to say about that.
7: We're incredibly enthusiastic about what our teams have accomplished this year and all the amazing products in our lineup. As we approach the holiday season, we expect... Expect it to be our biggest quarter ever.
3: Melissa, back to you.
0: All right, Josh, thanks so much. Let's get back to Gene Munster, who has been also monitoring the call on the red phone. Um, Gene, most interesting tidbits so far?
6: Uh, There have been uh, six uh, analysts on the call asking questions. Four of them have asked about that iPhone mix thing that Josh was talking about uh, Tim Cook's not taking the bait. He really isn't trying to compare it. What he has said is demand's going to be strong. They're excited, more excited than ever. And so he's putting all the right adjectives around it, but still didn't answer that critical question. I'll just throw something out there. I swung by the Fifth Avenue store today at 1 o'clock. 52 people in line. Uh, 90% of them were Chinese, but compare that to about less than 10 people in line back when the iPhone 8 came out. And so I just it feels like this is going to be a really big deal. And I think the, the takeaway is, Apple has gears to keep turning this up in each of the next quarters with these higher ASPs.
0: In terms of what you expect for the mix next year, what's your percentage of 10s
6: for the full year? So we're modeling for the 10 to be 22%, and that compares to the iPhone 8 uh, family at 28%. And I think based on, I guess we're going to learn a lot over the next uh, couple weeks here, but I feel like that 22% number might be low.
0: All right. And, And finally, Gene, can you grade the quarter for us?
6: I think this is right down the middle. They get a perfect uh, A. It's h- hard to debate just across the board, strengthen every product line, across every geography, and going into uh, what will be a good March quarter, too.
0: Perfect A equals strong buy, right? Uh,
6: I think the, uh, I think the, the stock is going to continue to move higher mm-hmm. as these ASPs continue to go up over the next year.
0: All right, Gene, thank you so much for your analysis. Gene Munster, Loop Ventures. Guy.
1: Well, my my one uh, objection to Gene is his math because if there are fifty two people online and ninety percent of them are of the a- he said Asian, that means it's forty six <laughs> yeah. point eight people. You know, it's there no point eight. So Gene, trying to be specific, missed the mark. Just and guy a bit. trying to
3: be funny. No, I'm also. not trying to be well, I, funny. I I, uh, that, this there's, is there's there's not a great on, hold on, on, gene we talking on. about. Guys, Apple. This,
4: there's a very <laughs> serious point about this. Is that he mentions this is that those phones <laughs> that those people are going to buy are going straight to China. And so we know that there's very limited supply the world over, and that's a trend that we've seen over the last few years. So the, the, the fact that Apple's letting you buy without contract, a lot of those phones are going over there. So you're not going to see them on the carriers, a lot of them
0: which is probably a good indication in terms of... Yeah, and I just want
4: to make one other point about the stock. Like, this thing's going to tick at a trillion dollars before it's all said and done. So do the math. You want to do a little math. That's like the low 190s. I don't know when it gets there, but it's going to go there at some point in the next few months. To me, the good good and the bad news is that the the
3: average selling price was 618 versus 638 expected. So uh, the the mix of phones clearly tells you, first of all, iPhone 7 was surprising, and obviously so was 8. That's probably good news. But again, and the gross margin surprise to the upside, I think you have to watch that. uh, And it's just interesting to me that these other phones are selling very strongly right now.
2: You know, Gene and Katie Huberty both always seem to bring up augmented reality. You don't hear the rest of the analysts bring that up as much. Those two really have brought that. That's the pipeline. That's what we're looking at. So right now, I know we're focused on the phone, the, 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 the 10. I know we're focused on services, everything else. Services I still love what we're seeing and that growth that we're seeing there, 16% of the revenue now. I think augmented reality is something that has to be started to begin to get factored into this, and
0: that's why Katie Huberty's got a it 199 has to if there target. is ten pickup, right, on a mass level, because you need the 10, really, yes. to experience fully augmented reality. And everything we've seen reality. so far, It's, it's, it's going to
4: be demand devices. For the, it's going to be wearables. It's not going to be the phone for all intents and purposes. I understand that. Yeah. It is in the wearables, yeah. and
2: I think the watch has been absolutely a home run. It started off as a bit of a failure, and that is the area where we're really seeing the explosive in the upside. That's in, involved probably mostly in the services area, but they never want to break that out. Watch is absolutely killing it as well.
0: So, do you have any commentary on the stock, or did you just want to pick apart Gene Munster? I wanted now? to pick
1: apart, apart Gene. We
2: have no
3: time. I like how right? right? you went back to You gave I him can. another chance, though, now. That was nice. Him.
0: Yeah, I'm giving you another chance to actually. You
3: love
2: augmented reality.
3: Give you know us intelligent
0: commentary. But you know what? We'll go to break. No, go to break. Final trade's next. <laughs>
2: Trey, Pete. Market's always a bit of a gamble. Melco, this thing's going higher. o. <laughs> oh Tim. My, uh, rate settling in here. EEM, this is a range trade. You can buy it.
4: Dan, yeah, SMH massive outperforms. semis. I think you selling. Hey, what you do? What
1: do you do over the weekends this time of year? There, party boy. Home Depot. Yeah, you do. You're your, darn too. You get your mulch. That's what we talk about. Shovels.
2: We talk about mulch. Late mulch. Late mulch. It helps for the next year. I should have known Sold off.
1: It was improper sell-off. Improper. News you can use late
0: mulch. I'm Melissa Lee. Thanks for watching. See you back here tomorrow at 5 for more Fast Money. Mad Money with
8: Jim Cramer starts right now. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right,